steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It's new every morning, new every morning. I praise God for that. Such a great God, such a great God. You know, sometimes we become so burdened with all of our troubles, the things that are going on around us, and uh, we can't uh, work them out. We can't figure them out, but God is always there, and God is always faithful. He is always faithful. Well, take your Bibles and open to the book of Acts, if you will. Book of Acts, chapter 3. Thanks for getting the water, Dwayne. Appreciate that. <clears throat> Get really dry. Acts chapter 3. This is uh, lesson 18. So it took uh, 17 lessons to go through the first two chapters. So what's that? That's about eight and a half lessons a chapter. And then you multiply by, was it 28 chapters? I think? Okay, it'll take a while, but we're taking a slow walk, right? That's what we've been talking about. We're taking a slow walk going through the book of Acts. Why don't we go ahead and we'll read the scripture right now. Acts chapter 3, we're going to read the first eight verses. That's our text today. It says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple who seeing Peter and John go uh, about to go into the temple, ask an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up. And walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray. God, I ask that you would have your will and way in our hearts and lives today. Father, we've gathered here together. We praise you for your presence with us. Your word tells us that where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in their midst. So God, we are humbled by your presence. God, may we be fully aware of who you are. Almighty God, the great Jehovah God, the creator of the world, the one who gave his only son to die for our sins, causing us a way of having salvation. God, I pray that as we go through the scriptures this morning, that we allow you full access into our heart. God, we need a meeting with you today. Father, in and of ourselves, we are nothing. We'll just fail, just like this lame man. But God, I pray that we will allow you entrance and do business with us. Pray and ask these things in Jesus' precious name, amen. So far in the first two chapters of the book of Acts, uh, we've gone through some things. We walked with the Savior as he gave instruction. And then we watched with the, uh, the, the apostles as he ascended into heaven. Then we waited for the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit. And he had 120 there that had assembled in that upper room. 
And they're gathered there together. And the Bible says they were all of one accord. They had the same thought process. They were going the same way. And then we witnessed the arrival of the Holy Spirit and how he entered into everyone. And we talked about how that everyone received an equal portion. An equal portion. Then we were in earshot in chapter 2 of Peter as he preached that tremendous sermon. Preaching to those that had crucified the Christ some not even two months before. And then we watched last week as there was an altar call. You know, anytime you sit down and have something preached to you or a lesson taught, you've got to answer the question, how does this apply to me? God, what are you saying to me? May I learn from it? You know, I pray that as we've gone through these times that we've not only committed these activities to memory, we're learning our Bible, the book of Acts, but also that we're beginning to make application in our own lives. Making application in our own lives. You can, you can read God's word, you can memorize all kinds of scripture, but if you don't allow the God's word to impact you, to fashion you, to shape you, it does you no good. Allow God to fashion you this morning. We're purposely taking a slow walk, a slow walk. And I've associated with the thought of, as you've been somewhere that you've never been before, we had the opportunity to go to Kukunov in the year 2006. That's over in the Holland area, and they have beautiful, it's a beautiful, a beautiful garden area. I guess you can't even call it a garden area, but it's huge. Tulips, the size of my hand. Just amazing, beautiful. You know what we did? We didn't run through there. We took a slow walk. We we're trying to take it all in and just looking at God's beauty. That's what we're doing with God's word. We're taking this slow walk, taking it all in. Why? We're confirming that we are continuing to follow in the apostles' doctrine. And we're confirming that we're a true New Testament church. Many people are meeting a call across uh, Bakersfield, across America, across the world, are meeting in churches. But are they a true New Testament church? We desire to be a true New Testament church. As we discuss the lame man this morning, I want you to consider this story from two perspectives. From two perspectives. One, I want you to be standing here and watching this as we go through God's word and you're watching this happen. I'm just like I'm looking at George. I'm watching this happen. And then the second perspective I want you to look at it is from the lame man's eyes. From the lame man's eyes. So as we go through that, keep that in mind this morning. And the next chapter into uh, chapter 4, we have a lot of triumph going on here. But here, let's go back to verse 1. And we see a serious defect in this man, a serious defect. And we'll read into verse 2 a little bit. It says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother womb, mother's womb, was carried. A certain man from his mother's womb was carried. We're going to learn about this lame man today. We pick up this story. We're following Peter and John, and uh, they're going into the temple. They're going into the temple because it was prayer meeting time. You know, that's when the, the church doors open, folks. It's prayer meeting time. It's time to meet with God. It's time to fellowship. That's what Christians do. 
They gather together. And this is the place that the new believers in the Lord Jesus were gathering in his name. It was the ninth hour, we're told, which is about three o'clock in the afternoon. So about, oh, four and a half hours from now, when it's three o'clock, that's the ninth hour for them. Incidentally, that's the same moment in time. Remember when he was on the cross, when he gave up the ghost, he dismissed his spirit and he died. He died for you. He died for me. He died for us all. So it seemed like it was a fitting time for two men that loved the Lord, two men that loved each other, were going in and arriving at the place of prayer. Well, as they were going in, they met another man. They met this lame man. Luke tells us the tragedy in this man's life, that he was lame from his birth. Not that he had been born and then somehow become crippled as a teenager or a young man, but lame from his birth. That's all he ever knew. That's all he ever knew. You know, consider for a moment what that meant to his parents. Not only just to having to care for him uh, on a daily basis in a way that you wouldn't have to with a child that was whole, but immediately upon birth, they must have looked at his legs and realized there's something wrong. There's something wrong. And then as he grew, uh, into a few months, they could tell he can't stand. He can't even walk. He's, he's not like the other children. Something was not right. Consider for a moment the lame man, what this meant to him. It meant he could never run and jump. Never could go out and play with the other children. I'll tell you what, I, can't, I must have run thousands of miles as a child, it seems like. We were always running. I had three brothers, and we were always running and doing something. Uh, not running because we had done something wrong. We just liked to run. We just liked to run. And we were doing something. But this little boy could not do that. He couldn't get any other games. He had to be carried everywhere. Can you imagine that? If he wanted to go somewhere, he had to be carried. He had to be carried. In fact, and this has probably been real tough, there was never a day in his life when he had not been a burden to someone. My goodness. Not only the physical problems, but how that must have churned and worked on him inside. He couldn't walk. He couldn't work. All he could do was beg and sit there and hope that someone someone would have pity on him. Let's go to the second part of verse 2. Because we see a sad dependence. It said, Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered in to the temple. There's a routine. Whoever it was came and got him and carried him and placed him at the gate beautiful. You know, if you have to beg, this was probably one of the better places to beg. You know, coming to church this morning, I saw more than one person standing with a sign asking for money. We're in a day and age where a lot of people are hurting. Whether it's done by themselves or something has fallen upon them, people are asking for money. I need help. I need help. And you'll watch 
because they go to certain places. They go to a place where they're going to get a lot of traffic, a place where they can get uh, a good return for standing there, quite honestly. I can remember selling candy with uh, our grandchildren. And uh, as you sell candy, you learn places to sell candy. One of the best places to sell candy was in the front of a bank. And we could sell a box of candy per child in an hour. They'd, people would come out, and before they put that money back in their pocket, you want to buy some candy? <laughs> and so, yes, they would buy some. So it was a good place for him to be at. Uh, this gate, it's called the Nicanor Gate. It's where the Jews pass through from the court of the Gentiles to the court of the women. And this is where you had the wall of partition. The wall of partition. And it was at this location you had announcements where it was written in Latin and Greek. And it said this. It said this to the Gentiles. It says, upon pain of death to go no further. Why? Jews were over here. Gentiles were over here. There were nine gates that led through this barrier, of which the beautiful gate was one. From there, this lame man, and think of it, folks, if you're, you can't move around, what are you going to do? You're going to think. You're going to observe. He had the ability to see this beautiful gate. It's said that this gate was made from Corinthian bronze and was crafted with such rich, rich detail that it far exceeded in value the gates that had been plated with silver and set in gold. Can you imagine? A beautiful gate. He could also take in the temple himself. Herod had spared no expense in the building of the temple. You know, to the child of God, it causes us to reflect on Psalm chapter 29, verse 2. It says, give unto the Lord the glory to his name. Do we do that? Give unto the Lord the glory to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. You know, this was the only place this lame man could hope. The only place of hope. And isn't that like all of us? We hope. We hope. We hope that our children will grow up well. We hope that God would continue to provide. We hope. It was here he would have the greatest opportunity for somebody to take pity on him. Be certain that as people were coming in, this lame man's eyes was focused. He was reading people. Why? He had a need. He had a need. He's watching them come into the temple. It's probably, probably makes sense to believe that he was watching those coming in because certainly those that were coming in, minds and hearts would have been upon Jehovah God. Focused on him, the character of God, rather than on the way out. Isn't that just like us? I pray that as we come in here to gather together, that we're thinking about the Lord. Lord, I want you to do a work in my heart and life tonight, today. Lord, I love you, I'm praising you, I'm worshiping you, God. What is it when we leave? What restaurant is going to be open? Which one do I want to go eat at? You know, our, our, our thought process changed. And so this lame man certainly was watching them coming in, and that was a fact the same here with uh, Peter and John. 
this layman had certainly sharpened his ability to discern those that might have something to give. Look at verse 3. It says, Who seeing Peter and John go up to, uh, about to go into the temple, ask an alms. You know, as you think about these stories, there's a lot of things that have not told us. A lot of things we never will know until we get to heaven. Uh, you know, you might think, be thinking of questions like, uh, had, had this lame man ever seen Peter and John before? I don't know. How long had this lame man been there? Probably years. Judas Iscariot, did he ever drop by and put some money in his hand? Had Jesus passed by when he was there before? And, and if he had, why didn't he call out like blind Bartimaeus where he said, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. In Mark chapter 10. The fact that he had been lame from his birth implies this. That he had been a beggar a long time. I would sit to submit to you this morning that every man born of a woman that's ever been in this world, including Adam, have come in beggars. Come in beggars. When you're like this man in desperate need of just enough to get through the day, you never are really dreaming, will this be the individual that'll just take me home and care for me? I'm just trying to get through the day. I'm just get, trying to get through the day. You know, some of us sit here and we think of our problems and maybe our bills and, oh, you know, but, you know, we get a roof over our head. We do have food in the fridge. This man was just trying to get through one day. Get through one day. And here are two men that had come uh, to fame in Jerusalem, Peter and John, just in the past few weeks. They were, they were leaders of a revival that was taking over the town. Thousands had come to life in Christ since Peter had preached at Pentecost and the Lord added to the church daily as should be added. The poor beggar might not have had any idea who they were. I don't know. All he knew is I'm hungry, I'm poor, I'm handicapped. Life had cheated him. We had a situation arise, and I'll go into it, that happened to one of our grandchildren, and I shot off a text, and I said, life is not fair. Life is not fair. But he was hungry, he was poor, he was handicapped. He didn't have a coin. He didn't have two coins. And his concern was that if I don't get something, I'll go to bed again tonight hungry. I'll go to bed again tonight hungry. This was his life. This was what his life was. It was reduced to an outstretched hand, a pitiful look, combined with a plea for help. Wow. Well, something's going to happen. Look at verses 4 through 8. We'll read verse 4. It says, And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look at us. I'll tell you what, we need to look at people in the eye. When you've got something to give, Jesus Christ, and the free gift of salvation that can be passed along, look them in the eye. Peter fastened his eyes on him. He locked in on this man. 
What did this lame man expect to see from these two poor Galilean fishermen? I mean, you could look at them and tell that they didn't have much. But what this man didn't know, that these men had been touched by Jesus. They were filled with this Holy Spirit. And Peter and John, as much as they wanted this man to see Jesus, he was not ready yet. They must first see Jesus in them. I've got to ask the question. Do your co-workers see Jesus in you? Do your neighbors see Jesus in you? If there's a problem in their life, do they come to you because they see Jesus in you? You know, this poor lame man represents all of mankind. Men are born lame with no standing before God. They stumble and they fall through life. They have nothing. The very best person outside of Christ is a hopeless spiritual cripple. The most wealthy individual is a spiritual cripple. He's a spiritual beggar. And there was this lame man. There he lay. His warrant probably had a miserable look on his face. I don't know if he was in pain, but he's scanning the faces of others. Hope against hope for help. Hope against hope. You know, perhaps we shouldn't be so quick to rush by somebody with a handout. Perhaps he'd entirely given up the thought that someone would take him under their care and take care of him. But there he was as he lay by the gate beautiful. It's interesting, the gate beautiful. He's laying by the gate beautiful of a dead religion. Of a dead religion. A religion that was boasted of its law and its legitimacy but could do nothing for this man. When he came in, religion found this man a beggar and had left him a beggar. That's how religion is, religion without God. Look on us, Peter said. Look on us. It was Peter's intention to redirect the beggar's thoughts from his drags and his conditions to the Redeemer. Look on us. Do we dare say that to those around us? Do you have enough God in you, influence in your life, that you can say, look at me. Look at me. As you fashion your eyes on them and try to help them through their time of need. Look at verses 5 and 6. Here we see him listening. First he looked, now he's listening. It says, and he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He expected to receive something because he had made contact. Now they're talking. And Peter had said, look at me, look at me. Maybe not much, but obviously they're going to give him something. He could tell they were poor, but maybe something. But Peter's first words, his hopes must have been dashed when he heard, silver and gold have I none. Well, that's what I need, folks. That's what I'm asking for. That's my need. Sometimes, people, we don't really know what our need is. And we need God's word to make it plain what our need is, what it is. 
Peter may have, when he said that, showed him his hands. And I can only imagine the beggar who had his hand out like this as it dropped. And he lost all hope. You know, let me just reemphasize that the beggar wanted money, but what the beggar needed was a miracle. Your neighbor needs a miracle. Your loved ones needs a miracle. Your family needs a miracle. You know, oh, how different our churches seem today. We have money, but I don't have time. We know the Savior, but seemingly we don't have power. Oh my. Where do you receive the power? But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. When you are saved, you receive the Holy Ghost, folks. If you're walking in the Spirit, you have God's power. Understand. It's His power working through you. Peter was poor, but he was exceedingly rich towards God. Amen. He said, he continued, he said, Such as I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Peter redirected, redirected the man's look away from himself to Jesus Christ and offered him a new life in Christ. The beggar, the beggar would never need to beg again. Never again. The beggar had heard about this Jesus. All of Jerusalem had heard about Jesus. Since Pentecost, everybody was talking about Jesus. Some said he had been a blasphemer. Some said he died on the cross for his sins. And that then the disciples had came along and come along and stolen his body from the grave so that they could act like he was resurrected. Others said that he was alive and that he had risen from the grave and now was ascended into heaven and was sitting on the right hand of the Father. Others had told this beggar that about the church that had been formed all those that had believed on him in fact he was witnessing it as he lay there by the temple the gate beautiful and watching all these people come in to worship and pray and fellowship he knew something was going on in the name of jesus christ of nazareth rise up and walk we see the lame man listening no one had ever spoken to him like that. I can imagine those that there would be some that as they would pass by him, maybe would say something mean to him under their breath. But no one had ever spoken to him like that. Look at verse 7, because now we see him leaping into verse 8. It says, and took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet ankle and ankle bones received strength and he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple walking and leaping Peter reached out his hand said come on come on he took his hand oh my goodness folks just like salvation there was no gradual cure it was instantaneous it was instantaneous God doesn't have to have work a process for things to happen. He's almighty God. There was this lame man, lame since birth. Now he's leaping, 
trying out those new ankles. I wonder, I wonder how much vertical leap he got. I don't know, you've seen those videos where they say, hey, this guy's got a vertical leap of 42 inches or whatever, you know. Me at my age, if I can get a couple inches off the ground, I'm doing well, I'm doing well. But he was jumping around, all around. No longer was this lame man ch chained to the charity of others. Oh, praise God. He was free. He could hop, he could skip, he could jump, go anywhere he wanted. Praise God. Praise God. We're talking about the freeing power of Jesus Christ this morning. The freeing power of Jesus Christ. Well, look where he went. He went with the believers. It says, entered with them into the temple. Entered with them into the temple. That's a good sign of a life that's been touched and transformed by the name of Jesus when you want to be in God's house. When you want to be in God's house. And then look at the last part of verse 8. We see him laughing, praising God. It says, and praising God. And praising God. That was spiritual discernment. Well, wasn't it the two men, though, that came there? And wasn't it Peter that said, Servant, go, have I none, but such as I have, I give to thee? He was thankful for those men. But he recognized and he identified and he said, Praise God. I'm going to praise God. Folks, when we come into God's house on a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, Wednesday night, whenever it is, we should be praising God. We should be praising God. Later, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5. It says, Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. Paul was pointing them back to Christ. This guy, a believer, for just literally seconds, already had that down. Spiritual discernment. Spiritual discernment. Talked about the lame man this morning. I want to draw this to a close. I'm going to close at this moment. Folks, it's time that we take what God has taught us this morning and make application in our own lives. Well, you say, I know Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. Praise God. Amen. What are you doing with that? Are you going around and looking for the opportunities to be a witness and testimony? And you're looking at someone and say, look on me. Look at me. Because Christ lives in you and through you. And you exude Jesus Christ in your life. There may be here, some here this morning that do not know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior. I'm here to let you know that spiritually you're lame. But all those that have received Christ as their Savior, we were lame one day too. But God sent his only son to die for you. I'm going to ask that every head be bowed and every eye be closed. I'm going to continue on this thought a little bit, ask maybe a couple more questions. But folks, you need to do business with God. would never want you to respond to a message because you think it might please me. You need to do business with God individually, individually. I ask about perhaps you're here and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you were to die before leaving this building this morning, are you certain that Jesus Christ is your Savior? 
The Bible tells us that we can know that we are saved. 1 John 5.13 You need to understand if you're lost here this morning and you never received this free gift of salvation that you're lame, spiritually lame and without Christ you will not see heaven. Why not receive the free gift of salvation? Why not receive him today and by the way, receive an instantaneous cure, knowing that heaven's your home. What about you, child of God? What about you? Is God dealing with your lack of concern for the lost? Are you ready to direct the lost to the greatest gift ever given to man? Perhaps you're not or cannot because there's sin in your life. Folks, Understand this, that sin is a killer. It takes you places you don't want to go. It changes you. It keeps you there longer than you want to be there. And it always, always, sin always makes you pay a price higher than you want to pay. Talked about the lame man, physically lame. We watched him become physically whole and spiritually whole. How are you this morning? Whatever your need, the altar's open. Father, I ask that you do your work in hearts and lives this morning. In Jesus' name, I pray.